Welcome to the Irish Sooner. I'm Jalen Posey. And I'm John Opila. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore Sooner. And there, you can stay up to date on all of our current and future content, featured guests and friends of the show, and college football analysis. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Now, with that being said, let's get it. and welcome back to the Irish Sooner. It's your boy, JP. And Opie. JP, how's your weekend been so far? Uh, it's been pretty good, dog. Um, oh, you got a big win, which we'll talk about. Um, and, yeah, man, it's just been, it's been a cool weekend, Halloween weekend. Uh, we didn't have that many trick-or-treaters, so I've got to keep a ton of candy for myself. <laughs> that many? You not have any? Like three. I was going to say, I didn't have a single one in my apartment. Wow. So I have two bags of candy just sitting here waiting for me to eat them, yeah. which probably not good for me, but, you know, we'll spread it out over uh, my last week of quarantine here. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, for Oklahoma and Notre Dame, all, trick, or all treats, no tricks. All treats, no tricks. Good showing by both teams. So that was a great, great surprise for both squads and oh, yeah. especially for Notre Dame. Heading into the uh, the big week, as it is finally Clemson week, but we will dive into that more later. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, um, yeah. So let's uh, let's just go over our games real quick, and then we'll um, dive into turn our heads to next week and. Uh, we were supposed to have a guest today, guys, but, you know, life happens. Things fall through. Um, so, please stay tuned because I promise you, you're not going to want to miss it when it does, <laughs> when it does happen. I will uh, say, hoping he just uh, had the times mixed up and hopefully he'll hop on here in about 20 minutes, but we'll see cool. what happens. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I'll run for a half second, grab my notes, but I will catch up in a second. Go ahead. All right. All right, guys. Well, while Opie's gone, I'm going to just recap the Oklahoma game really quick. Um, man, there's no bigger thing that could have happened for Oklahoma than to hear Friday night that Ramondre Stevenson and Ronnie Perkins, who have both been suspended uh, for the Peach Bowl and also for um, the first six games of this season. Uh, they finally got their suspension served out of the way, and Lincoln Riley was heard saying in a press conference that when he told the team, the roof went off. Like, he, he thought they were going to destroy the room. And so uh, it was very exciting to hear that Monte Stevenson and Ryan Perkins are going to be back. Still waiting on Trajan Bridges. But, you know, really, I think with their return, what you showed was the type of team that I had talked about all summer and what we could have been, which was a fringe playoff team, Big 12 champion team. We didn't say we was going to win the national championship this year. However, the offense, that offense, if if that's what it looks like with Ramondre in it, it, it looks like the offense of old. So um, I, I'd watch out for the rest of the Big 12. We got you on your schedule. You got us on your schedule the rest of the time. Oklahoma State, that's going to be a great game. 
Uh, it's a good game normally because of Bedlam, but it's getting better because you're going to have Oklahoma, which even though Texas says, you know, statistically they may have the best offense in the Big 12, Oklahoma's offense is absolutely the best in the Big 12 once again. And it's going to basically be the best in the Big 12 versus the best defense in the Big 12. Um, so that's what you have to look forward to. Uh, but, you know, this one started off hot uh, for Texas Tech. They went right down the field, scored 7 Zero, and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like, we came out flat in Lubbock. Halloween night, they're in their all-black uniforms. Crazy stuff happens in West Texas Halloween night. Uh, if, now, if if the stands were full, that would be more wild. Tortillas would have been flying everywhere. But, you know, we, we came down. Um, the field scored, make tied to 7-7, seven to seven, and then literally the very next possession, um, it's like a dam broke. We, we got a tip pass. Trey Norwood, who's stepping in for the for Delarian Turner, our, our typical strong safety that I said was going to be out this week, picks it off, and we're we're in business on the twenty. Amante Stevenson gets his um, first rushing touchdown back, uh, and, and then again we stop them on fourth down, go down and score again, it's twenty-one-seven, and then we get another tip pass and pick in their territory, twenty-eight-seven, and that is what this that right there is what we envision when we think of Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch working together. Mm-hmm. Alex Grinch getting the takeaways he has, three three good downs and a three and out or a takeaway to get the ball back to the offense, especially being able to take away and get the ball back to the offense on a short field. That's what happens because OU is going to score, in that case, almost every time. Um, and they did. And it was a, a fatal blow to Texas Tech. I mean, by the end of the first quarter, it was 35-7, to seven, right? And it's like – Texas Tech is like, how are we going to get back into this, man? And it really, really, by the end of the first half, which the, the score was, I believe, 48-14 at the end of that, at the end of halftime, or before halftime, it probably should have been 55 or even 62 because Marvin Mims dropped a wide-open touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. And, excuse me, early in the third quarter, Theo Weiss dropped, dropped another wide-open touchdown pass, unfortunately, and uncharacteristically for both of those guys. So – we ended up still scoring 62, but there is, I mean, we had every every intention of scoring over 70 points. We wanted to make a statement, and they did. Uh, and the defense made a statement, too. They played great, save one big play that gave them the 14 points in the, in the first drive. They were lights out. Uh, Ronnie Perkins was lights out. Isaiah Thomas was lights out again. Uh, Trey Norwood did great. You didn't really hear much from the secondary, uh, which is always a good thing if you're not hearing anything from them. Um, and, you know, man, like, I think they just performed how, how they always felt they could. And they're just, I think they're just going to get better. And that's the hope. Um, so I'm excited about us moving forward. I think we got we got Kansas next week, which could be an easy – you can overlook them. But, you know, if, if I'm Kansas, I got to just not want to dress up and, and come play that game. Because you're coming to Norman, Oklahoma just – Molly walked Texas Tech and Texas Tech while you look at it from the outside looking at oh they're two and three and it's Texas Tech but that's a Texas Tech team that beat a good West Virginia team that you know is actually playing competitive football this year and smacked ranked number 16 Kansas State right like what they did that yesterday yeah Texas Tech almost should have really and almost beat Texas as well so this is not a slouch Texas Tech team they're coached by Matt Wells who was at Utah State Right, and is a very is a very well regarded coach, and so they're they're a good well coached team. But we just blitzkrieged them, bro. Like mm-hmm. that's what happened. 
And you can look at that and say, oh, it's just Texas Tech, it's Oklahoma, but like that'd be doing a disservice. Um, you, to actually have seen this game and see it play out was amazing and shows us what we can be and why next year when we get our defensive line is going to be monstrous next year. I mean, monstrous if everybody comes back, and I think everybody will. Right. Uh, and offensively, we're going to get Jaden Hazelwood. We're going to have Theo Weiss again on the outside. We're going to have Austin Stogner. We're going to have Jeremiah Hall, Braden Willis, Mikey Henderson at the tight end. We're going to have Marvin Mims, who's going to be a freshman All-American this year and has been an incredible surprise on the team. Like, And then you don't even talk about who, are, who we're bringing in. Like, we're raring and ready to go, man. And I'm, I'm hoping we push this into good recruiting momentum and can finish with a Big 12 championship and a, or in a um, Sugar Bowl. It would be a Sugar Bowl if we win the Big 12. So, but a New Year's Six Bowl finish and really have some momentum heading to the offseason. That would be good, yeah. Definitely looks like OU is starting to pick up that steam, pick up from those two losses early on in the year and put them behind them where obviously had a bunch of people out and whatnot, but looks like they are finally getting back to the form that we all expected from them in the early part of this year. Uh, Notre Dame made the trip south of the Mason-Dixon, uh, normally a pretty rare trip for them to do, but they went down to Atlanta this weekend, took on Georgia Tech. Uh, final score of that one was 31-13. Realistically, it should have been uh, about 38 to 6. But anyways, I will get into that in a second here. Uh, first quarter, Notre Dame led 7-0 at the end of it after Joe Wilkins caught a touchdown pass from Ian Book. Uh, it was Wilkins, I think, second catch of the year for his touchdown. So good for him. Uh, that capped off a almost nine-minute drive, 15 plays, 81 yards. So almost chewed the entire first quarter on their opening drive. Uh, Georgia Tech got on the board in the second quarter with a 93-yard fumble recovery. So Notre Dame had a turnover at the five-yard line, trying to pound it into the red zone. Ball popped loose, just wide open, scoop and score. And Ian Book tried to chase down Zamar Walton. Didn't work. Tech ties the game at seven. Then from there, it was all Notre Dame. Uh, had a two-yard run from Kyron Williams up the middle for a touchdown run. And a Jonathan Doerr 32-yard field goal before the half. Put him up 17-7 going into the break. Third quarter, Kyron, really, Kyron Williams with another touchdown run. Four yards this time up the middle. 24-7. And then in the fourth, Seba Flemster with a three-yard touchdown run for the Irish to make it 31-7 before Georgia Tech finally got their first offensive touchdown with a one-yard run from Jordan Mason, make it 31-13, where the score would yeah. stay until the end. Um, some takeaways that I had from this game. Lost my notepad, so I'm going to forget a couple points that I had. I don't know what I did with it. Had it earlier. Um, but anyways... Kyle Hamilton is a bad, bad man. Like, that is a dog right there. And he will spend plenty of time playing in the NFL on Sundays for a long time coming. So he is another 
the rest of this year, next year at Notre Dame before he will go and be a first-round draft pick. And I am – you can seal it, write it down, date it. John Opila at 4.51 p.m. Central Time on November 1st, 2020, has guaranteed to Kyle Hamilton will be a first-round draft pick. I'm sure I'm not the first person to say it, but you can hold me to it in two years when this is still going. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> offensive line looked a little – uncharacteristically sluggish for Notre Dame's offensive line. Obviously, they have a very high standard, and we kind of hold them to a very high standard with the alums that they have in the NFL with Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey, Ronnie Stanley. Like, just the list goes on and on of all pros in the NFL. But yesterday just didn't look quite the same out of them, obviously, most teams would still take that. But it's just one of those that they looked a little sluggish. The pass blocking was a little questionable yesterday. But Ian Book still seemed to find his groove a little bit and went 18 of 26, almost 200 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So it, it worked out for him. Yeah. Um, trying to think of some other points I had on it. Defense, all in all, continues to impress. Swarming the ball, making havoc, creating plays in the backfield, getting to the pre- or getting to the quarterback, creating pressure, and continue to be what keeps this team moving forward, looking like a potential college football playoff team um, through the first six games this season, where they stay undefeated, five and zero. Once again, it's another week. I can still say this. The only team in college football history to never lose a conference game. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish now 5-0 and in all-time conference games. So I will stick with that point. Absolutely. As you should. As you should. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame continues to – take care of business and show why they are a top four team this year. And, um, you know, you, you hope that things go, continue to go well for you guys and that you can at the end of the season be in a good position and, you know. That would be a, a great hope for us to uh, continue to look this good. Interrupted guys. There's a call kind of happening on the computer, but yeah, no, you're, you're right. You, you know, you got to hope you got in that position, especially with, you know, I don't know, it's almost like God sent you a gift. <laughs> and, again, not I'm not saying that in jest, right? Like, you know, obviously we hope Trevor uh, is going to be okay and healthy. Yeah. But at the same time, like, if you're an Notre Dame fan, you got to be like, bro, <laughs> this is prime time. DJ, DJ Ugalele is no slouch, right? Yeah, he looked, he looked impressive. No, he's good, but you know, there's there's a certain amount of game experience that he doesn't have. Right, especially in, to take uh, take advantage of, man. Exactly. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do against DJ Ugalele and uh, his second career start. No, second, third, second. But it'll be. Very interesting to see how he adjusts to a defense that is as good as Notre Dame's and brings as much 
havoc and chaos as Notre Dame's does. Um, had a big, big second half in the Boston College game this weekend. And former Notre Dame quarterback Phil Dracovic looked outstanding throughout that one. And I know I was sitting here watching that game and really contemplating life of what does life after Ian Book look like and what is life or what would life with Phil Dracovic at the helm have looked like for the Irish to that point this year. Nonetheless, I digress. 6-0 is 6-0. Can't complain about that. And obviously, I still wish Phil all the best out there at Boston College. And we will continue to watch him grow for the next couple of years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, okay, guys. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm done debating idiots on Twitter. I'm done. <laughs> the grind never stops for the burner account. Like, okay, let me just explain to y'all what's going on. Basically, if anybody watched the game today in Cleveland, the winds are 35 miles per hour and sleeting, right? So you get the low score of 16 to 6, okay? Field goals, everything, right? Cle- Cleveland had two field goals, right? It's tied 6 to 6. Okay. Uh, then actually, they probably should have went up ten to ten to six on a touchdown. Jarvis Landry dropped it. Cody Parkey missed a field goal earlier. Oh, what uh, a surprise! I didn't say that, but that's, like, that's the bitter Chicago Bear fan in me coming out after that wonderful year of Cody Parkey and the double doink. Anyways, continue. Sorry. We're talking to the dude who said he watched the game, and he's he's talking about how Baker's a bottom third of the league quarterback how he he doesn't have any of the talent that NFL quarterback should have he can't he doesn't have a big arm and doesn't have big playability which what like that is such a bad take like that means you don't watch games in my opinion he says he does say Baker Mayfield doesn't have big like that literally is his accuracy and that is what made him number one draft pick you don't take a number one a guy number one that doesn't have big playability how stupid do you look Right. Like, so, so anyway, sorry. But he, he goes, drop passes happen. That's football. Y'all act like this is the first time a receiver has dropped a pass. And in my original reply, I know that they were drops, but if Baker is this savior y'all claim he is, then <clears throat> that shouldn't leave him with six points as the starting quarterback. Did he – did he miss where, again, the type of game they were in and also that the Raiders literally had the ball for, like, 40 minutes? Right. I I just don't understand. I just don't understand. You know, I had a, I had a teacher growing up at one point who her favorite saying was, don't feed the stupid animals, which basically was just don't give in to the people who are ignorant and continue to come after you for – Ridiculous things. But nonetheless, you do you, boo-boo. Yeah. And continue to chase after people on Twitter who continue to come at you with nonsense takes. Nonsense takes. Uh, you know, I'm just, I just got to be done. I got to be done. Yeah. Oh, all right. So moving on. <laughs> um, Anyways. Yeah, we're going to be looking into this week. 
um, and, and talking about the OU and Notre Dame games this week, Notre Dame's game being huge, OU's game being essentially a cupcake gimme game. Um, but let me uh, look up our top 25 matchups and then we'll go through and make our predictions. Yeah, it's something interesting I've seen going around currently compared to uh, where, like, 24 hours ago, at halftime of the Notre Dame game, the line for the Clemson game was Clemson was a 14-point favorite. Just before the show, or we started recording, I saw that Pete Sampson tweeted out that Notre Dame is now a five-and-a-half-point underdog. So the line has moved almost 10 points. Oh, geez. In the last 24 hours since – um, Trevor Lawrence was announced out, and then Notre Dame continued to look impressive against Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. So it'll be very interesting to see what a November night game at a semi-capacity Notre Dame stadium will hold yeah. for Notre Dame and Clemson. But we'll get more into that later. Absolutely. It's fun to see. But... Starting out, we are going to, as soon as these things load, because, you know, sometimes you can't always do things. Sorry, y'all. Okay. Cool. Actually, um, we're going we're gonna to do some, we're going to do some fun. We are going to add my dad back to the podcast. We had him on a couple weeks ago. But we didn't actually – we didn't get to do it. So uh, – yeah, Jail messed the whole thing up. So, anyways. I mean, did I mess it up? Is that what happened? I mean, I'm not going to point fingers, but – Man, I get, <laughs> it was my audio. Hey, it's uh, all right. Rookie mistake. We're still learning. It's fine. Oh, actually, no, he, he's got to – he has to do something. Never mind. Okay, it's, cool. Well, Vester hates us. That's fine. It's fine. It's it fine. Hey, you know? Dad, he said it, not me. Um, <laughs> he listens to it every week. So. But okay, here we go. Here we our, go. Our first game, and we won't, you know, we'll save the Oklahoma and Notre Dame games for last. Um, we got Miami, number 11 Miami versus North Carolina State on Friday, uh, 7.30 p.m. Who you got in that one, Oops. You got to go Miami. I agree. Uh, yeah, Miami. North Carolina State's a decent team. I have four and two. They've, they've had a decent year. Um, I think their loss is being – actually, did they, did they beat North Carolina? Were they the ones that beat I North think Carolina? they they took them, but North Carolina won that one. Yeah, okay. Um, but, they, you know, they're, they're an above-average team, and so, you know, there's no slouch for Miami. But I think Miami's going to be able to get it done. I agree. All right, next, uh, Friday night game that's potentially could be looking like the game of the week besides Clemson and Notre Dame. Um, number 21, Boise State versus number nine, BYU, who's still undefeated and has a quarterback that's looking like he's NFL ready in Zach Wilson. Yes. I was say, I think Boise State is a very underrated number nine team in the country. Hmm. I've watched them actually the last three weeks, I think, at least part of their games. 
mm-hmm. and they're a very good football team. So I will take BYU in this one on the road in Boise. Okay, I'm going to take BYU as well. I mean, I think I think that he is – Zach Wilson is just going to be too much. And, you know, BYU's only played two games – or, excuse me, Boise State's only played two games. BYU's played seven. Um, and, I, and I think they're actually they're actually a really good team. Would have loved for them to just have joined the Big 12 this year because I think, you know, that they would have boosted the conference's morale as well. Yeah. Having to play a team like that. But, you know. Is what it is. All right, next is uh, number 20, USC and Arizona State. And the first weekend for Pac-12 games, and it's insane that they're literally going to be playing at 9 a.m. on the West Coast. Uh, I give up on these Pac-12 games. They'll stagger Pac-12 games to start at 9 a.m., and then they won't finish until, like, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. Ridiculous. Like, I I guess Pac-12 after dark is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, USC is going to take this one. Yeah. USC, I think, definitely take this one. And, you know, things can happen. Um, they probably haven't had a ton of practices, and we'll just have to see what they look like, what Keaton Slovis look like. We've talked about this all year. Um, we'll see what he, we'll see what he uh, comes out with. Um, next, we got uh, battle, battle of in-state powers. Oh, what were you going to say? So I'm just thinking about it. When you play a 9 a.m. game in football, it's not like you can just show and go. You're getting there probably three hours before you're showing up at at least 6 a.m that's not that's not fun like that's i don't know just something about how the pac-12 schedules games really bothers me but nonetheless we digress go ahead yeah um Battle of in-state powers, number 25, Liberty University, who's 6-0. and Hugh Freeze has been rolling. Um, and Virginia Tech, who's 4-2. Who you got, Oops? Uh, I don't know. I think I'll go ahead and take Hugh Freeze in this one. It'll be interesting at Virginia Tech. But I think Hugh Freeze does sneak out another win. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I'm hesitant to go Hugh Freeze's way. I know they're nice and balling. I think Virginia Tech's going to be too much for them. Um, and honestly, it's interesting. I didn't know that, that ACC were doing out-of-conference games. You get um, one. You get one. I didn't know. Maybe that this got rescheduled. Um, I don't remember or not. But anyways, Virginia Tech is a decent enough team. And, you know, I, I guess Hugh Freeze had to prove me long, wrong, but I think Virginia Tech wins in a close one. That's fair. Um, I was just saying, I think it'll be close, but I think Liberty will sneak it out. Yeah. All right, next up, we got uh, a perennial Big Ten powerhouse game, but in basketball, typically. Michigan to Indiana. Indiana's ranked number 13 right now. Looking at these rankings, I'm surprised we're not talking early season basketball here with IU at number 13. But uh, I don't know. Let's go ahead and take IU in this one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Jim Harbaugh has got to be just teetering right now, and IU's playing some really hot ball, and you know they 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 did a decent amount against Rutgers, and they they uh, were so well coached against Penn State. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Michigan, obviously, in my opinion, has, is more talented. Um, so I'm I'm leaning Michigan in this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if the IU 
could potentially hand it to them if you know if things go go wrong. But you know, even though Michigan's twenty third, I think they're better than their ranking is. You know, last week they. Um, I was going to say, I wasn't impressed in the early going in their game against Minnesota. I didn't watch any of the Michigan State game this weekend. But obviously the second half or the second part of the game against Minnesota, they really turned it on. But then again, I think Minnesota isn't as good as we thought they were going to be. I took Minnesota in the Michigan game. But anyways, we digress. I'll still stick with Indiana here. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next up we got uh, number 18, SMU at Temple. Let's go ahead and keep uh, keep the Mustangs rolling here. I'll take SMU on the road. Okay, SMU on the road. Uh, I got SMU on the road as well. Um, Temple's been struggling this year. Temple, you know, typically they're an okay program, but that was when Matt Rule was there, right? And yeah. he made his stop at Baylor and turned them into – amazing team last year and now he's got the Panthers um putting together some wins as well so Matt Rule is just a great coach like we've said but yeah I'm gonna take SMU in that one all right uh next up we got number 14 Oklahoma State at Kansas State in huge and I mean huge Opie big 12 title game implications um with Texas beating Oklahoma State that has now put the big 12 race in crazy fashion okay so you have Oklahoma State still at the top um, with Kansas State and Iowa State. They all have one loss. Yeah. Okay. So you have Oklahoma State is above Iowa State. And I think I think Iowa State might be above Kansas State because of point differential between the OU games, if I'm correct. But anyways, regardless, that's at the top, right? And then you got OU and Texas right behind them. Okay. So if if Oklahoma State wins that puts Kansas in two-loss territory, and then they still have to play Iowa State or Texas. So that that might essentially knock them out because they're probably going to lose two of those next games, I would I would say. Go crazy. They got smashed at West Virginia. Um, but if then you can have like a three- or four-way tie at the end, and it depends on tiebreakers. So, uh, but anyways, about the game, I'm going to go Oklahoma State – on this one, I think they have a bad taste in their mouths after four turnovers being the reason they basically lost to Texas. Because if you look at the the score, the uh, box score, they dominated that game besides turnovers. Um, and that is ultimately what put them in the position to lose. I was say I watched a little bit of that game while I was waiting for uh, OU to come on. I saw overtime and then the last couple seconds of the um, the regulation of that game. And I don't know, obviously Oklahoma State's coming off that loss, but I do think they kind of had an interesting ending there with officiating. Yeah. But I will take Oklahoma State in this one. Like you said, they got a little bad taste in their mouth. They'll go on the road and handle Kansas State and stay in the running for a Big 12 title. Absolutely. All right, next we got number seven, Texas A&M versus South Carolina. Uh, Texas A&M filling themselves a little bit, even after obviously getting thrashed at, um, excuse me, after getting thrashed at Alabama, uh, they, you know, beat Florida, and then they beat Mississippi State, and then they beat Arkansas, who is much improved. 
Um, and they, they didn't blow anybody out now. So they're number seven, but it's not like they've been incredibly impressive. So um, I, I think they'll probably handle this South Carolina team. I don't think this will be too much of a test for them. Um, but you never know, right? Um, they might have, honestly, one of the easiest schedules left, believe it or not, even in SEC, as people want to say. But they still have – they have Tennessee after that. And then I think they have um, Ole Miss and then Auburn to end the year who – Auburn, I don't think Auburn's as good as people thought they were, even though they did smack LSU, like smack, smack. They also lost to South Carolina. True. So, but I'm going to take Texas A&M in this one. That's fair. Um, as you know, I'm kind of a South Carolina guy by association. Not really, but that's kind of always been my second team. And South Carolina gets their one good win a year. They have one win that will keep you giving hope. And they keep you coming back every year. They already got their one win this year. It was at Auburn. Upset number 15. So, Texas A&M is going to just tallywhack South Carolina here and make me question again why I continue to sit and watch South Carolina football games each fall. Okay. Yeah, I mean – it's a vicious cycle of you get one win that gives you hope every year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of like Notre Dame. They have one bad loss every year that makes you question everything about why you sit here and watch them and why you get hope every year. But nonetheless, <laughs> I will get off my little soapbox on South Carolina football. You know, I mean, it, and they – like. They, you remember when um, what was the guy's name that was super good? I don't, obviously Javon Clowney, but I'm talking running back. Who's the running back that was a beast? Lattimore. Lattimore. Oh man, his knee injury that was just devastating. I remember yeah. that. You know when when Obama was there, then you know that's when we were really Lou Holtz. Man, that's when we just at their peak. Yep. So. Um, all right, next we got West Virginia versus the newly minted number 22, Texas Longhorns. We're back. It's going to be a crazy game, and it's a big game. West Virginia's 4-2, better than a lot of people thought they were going to be this year. Texas is 4-2. I think this has all the makings of West Virginia going in there and upsetting them, honestly. Really? And finally getting Tom Herman fired, which I actually don't want. I want Tom Herman to stay. You just want to keep beating Tom Herman? Mm-hmm. You know, I said it in the group chat the other day. I know it was a little bit of just me being a jerk. <laughs> but I said Texas is back with the smoke coming out of the nose. So, you know what? I'm sticking with Texas. Book it. Texas by 17. Oh, wow. By 17? Okay. They'll pull away late. Texas coming out and making It'll a It'll be statement. a close game and then two garbage time scores. Push it away. They're coming out and making a statement. Okay. Um, all right, next, we got Marshall versus University of Massachusetts. Marshall by 100. Just kidding, but Marshall by several scores. Okay. Several UMass scores. is a miserable football program. Excellent. Marshall is going to win this game. 
I'm my mouth was open, guys, because I I overlooked egregious an, a game that is besides no Dan Cleansing going to be the game of the week. And I said that about I think what did I said about um, BYU and Boise. Um, yeah, which I mean, good game, right? But Marshall, we got you got Marshall winning, right? Yeah. You said okay. Florida Georgia line. <laughs> Florida and Georgia. It, it, are they are they going in ja- to Jacksonville? Do you know? They are. The world's largest cocktail party. That's not going to be quite as large this year. But anyways. And, and you got Florida fresh off of a crazy win against Missouri or where Will Muschamp was – or excuse me, not Will Muschamp, Dan Mullen. A couple years in the past. <laughs> Dan Mullen. Um, and honestly, like, people are going crazy on Dan Mullen, but, like, that dude almost took out Kyle Trask with a dirty hit. Like – True. What you want him to do? You know what I mean? So, like, I get it. And he's trying to pump his fans up. But that was a crazy game. Um, and then Georgia – who did Georgia play last week? They played um, Kentucky. It's 14-3. to Wow, low-scoring game. Um, I didn't see that. Got to love the Big Ten. So, yeah. So, and honestly, bro, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Georgia, they're a quarterback away. Like, they have everything else. Yeah. Georgia's going to be scary in the next couple of years. Yes. Georgia and Oklahoma in 2023, that's going to be a college football game day. Okay. We're going to have Caleb Williams. They're going to have Brock Vandergrift, who was originally committed to us and now committed back to Georgia because they're literally in his backyard. But you're going to have Brock. You might see, I'm not going to lie to you, you might see an LSU type of year, depending, like with Brock Vandergrift in there. Now, it's here's one thing. It's depending on it's dependent on the offensive coordinator and how they decide to run things, right? Like, yeah. But Brock Vandergriff is a five star next level quarterback, and I'm not saying like Georgia's had five star quarterbacks in the past. Okay, Jake Fromm was a five star, and he went there to ruin, right? And obviously Kirby Smart decided to put him on the field, not Justin Fields, which is still a head scratcher. But they were run first, yeah. right? Now they're trying to open it up. I mean, for the same point, you had Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. No, and I get that. I get that, right? I, I get it. But Jake Fromm still was not that great. Right, 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 right. He was average. So that's why I'm saying, like, they're, they're going to have a quarterback now that, like, sure, you can do that. But, like, can you imagine if they would have been able to actually open it up to and not be one-dimensional? Right. That would have been Right. And, you know, that – Really, in essence, that's what that's what Oklahoma is, and why we've had number one offense most years is because we weren't one dimensional at all. Like we averaged two hundred fifty yards rushing. Everybody wants to say air raid, but we we ground it ground and pounded too. Um, so I mean, just imagine though with all those athletes. Yeah. But I'm gonna, the can do both. I'm gonna take Florida in this one, man. I like Kyle Trask when I like Bennett for Georgia, um, and I think Florida's pining and ready to get at Georgia's throat for the SEC East uh, title. I'm saying it's it's tough to roll with Stetson Bennett as the quarterback in this one. Um, so I do think Florida will take this one in just absolutely wild environment. Um, as you know about me, I worked several years in Florida, and some of my closest friends and people I worked with were students at the University of North Florida. And so obviously that's in there in Jacksonville and every year, the Snapchats I see from the tailgates at Georgia, Florida, just 
wild. Wild. <laughs> like, wild. this is a three-day party. Like, this starts on Thursday. And so that we might see some COVID. But, oh, the, the spike of COVID in Jacksonville, Florida, or Gainesville and Athens is going to be unreal. But anyways, I will take Florida in this one. And it'll be a good game, but I think Florida pulls away fairly early. It'll be a good first half, then kind of out of the break, Florida will jump on it. Yeah. I don't know. Did you see that? Um, I forgot the guy's name, but Georgia's one of Georgia's starting safeties, and he was an All-American last year, got in a motorcycle accident. And he's okay, but he said it. He's lucky to have his life, but he's okay, but he's out. I didn't see so that. That's, that's going to be a big loss for Yeah. A big loss for them. Interesting. Yeah, I did All not. All right, guys, moving on. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving on, we got uh, number six, Cincinnati at Houston. Cincinnati's looking to put together a playoff football resume and become the first group of five school to be included in, in a playoff. And this is the year for it, man. With all the asterisks we have, like if, if Cincinnati goes undefeated, I'm not going to put in a like, – okay, we can talk about Ohio State, but like a Pac-12 team, I'm not going to put in – I'm not going to put in a Pac-12 team or, or even – a, a two-loss big, big, uh, not Big Twelve champion, but uh, SEC non-champion. Right. I'm not gonna do that. Not with Cincinnati sitting. So, you know, Cincinnati uh, is gonna be at Houston, number six. I'm taking Cincinnati in that one all day, every day. Yeah, I am too. Desmond Ritter looks very, very good uh, for this Cincinnati offense, and I will take Cincinnati in that one as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sorry if anybody can hear the whatever nonsense is happening outside of my apartment right now, but it's obnoxious. Yeah. There's dogs barking and people yelling, and I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Welcome to South Tulsa. South Tulsa. Yes, sir. All right. um, Next, we got uh, number 10, Wisconsin, and Purdue. Purdue's 2-0, going to Wisconsin. Uh, Purdue, I haven't seen Rondell Moore. I don't know if he's hurt or not, but Purdue has – opted out of the year. I thought he opted back in, though. Oh, did he? I thought I saw that, yeah. I don't know. Because I knew he opted out at one point. Mm -hmm. But maybe he opted back in. Yeah, I thought he opted back in. I thought I saw saw, But anyways, uh, Purdue got got a cat for who went to school not five minutes from where I live, Warren Central. It used to be a perennial powerhouse in Indianapolis. His name is David Bell. Uh, he's a freshman, all Big Ten, and that cat's going to be a future NFL player. Um, really good. Had over 100 yards receiving against Illinois last week. So, uh, yeah, the hope is that it's going to be a really good game. But we'll see with Wisconsin not having their uh, quarterback and having had to suspend some team activities because of the outbreak. Yeah. I mean, in all reality, I think this game gets canceled. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, Wisconsin has 22 people out currently. Yep. So, I will go ahead and take Purdue in the upset here. But in all reality, we're recording this Sunday. I say this is canceled by Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. I can see that. And I think that probably will be what ends up happening. But I guess we'll have to see. Um, I'm going to take Wisconsin in that one, though. Uh, Next, we got – Number 17, Iowa State at Baylor – or, excuse me, Baylor at number 17, Iowa State. I think Iowa State 
is going to take this by the hand. Dave Aranda is not having a great time down there in Baylor. They didn't look good last week. TCU absolutely shellacked them. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Iowa State in this one. Yeah, I'll take, uh, I'll take Iowa State in that one as well. Brock Purdy, Bruce Hall, they're going to run all over the Bears. Absolutely. All right, next we got number our number three, Ohio State hosting Rutgers. We don't even need to talk about that. We already know what the end, end game is going to be. Rutgers may have beaten Michigan State, okay, but they're still Rutgers. It's not going to be good for them. Yeah. As I say, Ohio State, Sharpie. I don't see this. I don't see a spread. It's a good thing there's probably not a spread. It's probably 40 or something. All right. <laughs> Next in the big Pac-12 opener for um, Oregon, they're hosting Stanford. Uh, primetime game is 730 on ABC. Uh, we're going to get to see Oregon, who a lot of people thought could be a playoff contender this year, see what they are working with. Um, you know, and you got to wonder, man, like, what happened with Justin Herbert? He looks so good in the NFL right now. What was it last year? Just right. picked him up in fantasy this week in uh, last year. the Area 405 Podcast League and tearing it up for me this week. So, thank you, Justin. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. Uh, I'm going to take Oregon in that one. I think they're going to be too talented for Stanford. Stanford's having a rough go at it the last couple of years. I was going to say I'm taking Oregon in this one as well. Um, they're going to continue to look good. It's obviously going to be a little bit of an adjustment with transitioning to a new quarterback and whatnot, but I will take Oregon in that one as well. In the prime time, 4.30 in the afternoon game. Absolutely. For the West Coast. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then last but not least, we have Coastal Carolina, number 15, at South Alabama. Or South Alabama is going to Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is hosting um, I got Coast Carolina in this one. Their quarterback's a beast. Um, he has been all year. Um, they're six and zero, rolling. I think they continue to roll to seven and zero. I'd say I really, really like Coastal Carolina. Defense is all over the field. They're making plays. It's insane watching them play. Uh, I say they roll in this one and kind of put another beat down, like they did on Georgia State this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now we're going to hop over to the OU Notre Dame games, trying to kind of go through these a little bit quicker. Uh, we've been on here a little bit longer than probably thought we were, but that's okay because we love to talk about football. Um, I'll go through mine real quick because it's Oklahoma, Kansas, kind of like Ohio State Rutgers. Uh, Oklahoma, again, off of last week, they're just looking actual, absolutely just destroy Kansas this week. And I think it's going to happen. Kansas 0-6. Um there's no like this. You can talk about upsets. If this ha if this happened, I might go MIA for the year. Like literally year. I delete my account. So like, there's no yeah. Anyways, Spencer Rattler's coming on. That cat man. You know you got people. I so I saw a West Virginia get fan talking about it the other day. They said, to be honest, watching him, he looks like early Patrick Mahomes, without that hasn't really understood like the game yet. And he said, when he understands the game, there's going to be blood everywhere. And I said, you're absolutely right, sir. Like they're just talking about some of these throws, man. He had one throw off his back foot, 40, 40 yards down the field, just beautiful flick of the wrist. Like, like, and again, like, I know people don't love that. Well, you're comparing on the Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, 
but that's what the announcer said. They said, I literally can't think of any other ball that I've seen placed like that, the way it looked, the way he threw. They compared it to Patrick Mahomes because that's the only other quarterback they've ever seen do that. Yeah. And so this just tells you the type of talent Spencer Rattler is. And, like, everybody, come, everybody comes in, like, Oklahoma fans t- talking about Caleb Williams coming in, taking his job next year. And I'm like, Caleb Williams, is, like, don't get me wrong, but y'all acting like Spencer Rattler is not special. He is special, bro. Right. Like, we're just blessed. Again, like I said, that's a great problem to have, two number one quarterbacks in the same quarterback room next year. Oh, absolutely. Take that. I mean, look at Clemson. This was happening with them, right? And Trevor Lawrence, unfortunately, had to go down. They still got DJ to pull in there. That's what's going to be. It's going to be for us next year. But regardless, I think OU's going to win this one big, 30 points at least. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Easy win. Um, chilling. 30-point win. Book it. Book it. Put it on the books. All right. Now it's time for the big game. The game say, of the week. Yeah, book it. Number one. To South no, Bend. South Bend. South Bend. Yes, sir. Well, actually, technically Notre Dame, Indiana, since it's its own city. But nonetheless, um, yeah, Ian Book and the squad return back. The game of the year to this point. Number one, Clemson. Number four, Notre Dame. And like you said, no Trevor Lawrence. He's out. Dabo says he's out. I'm not convinced he's out until the fourth quarter hits zero 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 on the clock. Like I'm convinced at any given moment Trevor Lawrence could walk out of that tunnel and then lead Clemson. Like he's gonna go full Bobby Boucher in the water boy and lead the Mud Ducks to a victory. Yeah. Bobby Boucher and Sister Two K. But uh Anyways, I think the Notre Dame run defense is going to get tested harder than they have all year with possibly the greatest running back in, if not college football history, at least ACC history in Travis Etienne. ACC, I don't know about college. That's – that's, That's a lot. Of, I know. ACC, I'll give you. I know. I'll give you ACC. I'm just saying, he is up there in at least the conversation for me, anyways, as to how special Travis Etienne is as a college running back. Will it translate to the league? I hope so, but we'll see. Um, this year so far, Travis Etienne, 103 carries, 606 yards, nine touchdowns. And Kyron Williams on the flip side for Notre Dame, really similar numbers. So that's exciting for us to see. Uh, two more carries than ETN with just six, six less yards and two less touchdowns. So very interesting to see moving forward. Um, I think Notre Dame is going to use their five tight ends that they have. And definitely it's going to be a short, game of working the flats heavily and kind of just dumping checks and moving the chains as much as they can. Five to ten yard pickups and bubble screens. Get Williams, get Tyree moving the ball. It'll be a very interesting game to see what Notre Dame can do offensively and how Ian Book responds 
yeah. Clemson's defense. As we saw last week, they are vulnerable. Phil Dracovic just lit them up in the first half. 28 points and was just dominant. Um, Looks like the quarterback that Notre Dame has been missing for 30 years. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be an absolute dogfight in South Bend. While I do think Clemson will take it late, I think Notre Dame keeps it surprisingly close for a lot of the game. Um, kind of looking at the breakdown of who's averaging what. Clemson averages more points per game with 46.1 and Notre Dame's 34.8. Once again, if you take away Clemson's 73 points against Georgia Tech and don't factor that in, I'm sure it's a little more reasonable of a margin than 12 points. Clemson's actually allowing more points than Notre Dame is. As Clemson's at 15.6, Notre Dame is at 10.3. Clemson is out gaining Notre Dame 508 yards to 437, but Notre Dame is allowing less yards on defense, 267 to 274. Both teams actually allow less than 100 yards of rushing per game, which is extremely impressive at the college level. Clemson's as close as you can get, though, to cracking that 100-yard mark, and I will predict that they will be over 100 yards next week after they currently sit at 99.9. I mean. So, I I really wish our guests would have hopped on here. And we could have really, really dove into a great, great Notre Dame-Clemson talk. But maybe some point later on this week, we'll get a surprise episode for you. Who knows? Not going to hold my breath. But if we could have got this one, it would have been just unreal for us. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to, you know, I I think that Trevor Lawrence being out and DJ not having this big game, right? Like, Boston College's first game, and it wasn't as much his on him as it was, like, Clemson's defense wasn't looking great either. Right. But, you know, this big game atmosphere, I, I think you guys may catch them slipping. So I'm, I'm going to get you give you guys the dub by three. All right, I'll take it. That's what I'm saying. I'll and take it. Another game hops up to number, number two or number one. I would think number one, but hey, you know. You know say, I don't. I don't think it'll move us up to number one even with a win. I think we'll be two behind Alabama. If you lose though, and it's close, you better not drop. Otherwise, I'm I'm nailing the AP. I was just say because we are we're four now. We were three, fell because Ohio State finally played a game. But nonetheless, I can't roll my eyes hard enough at that, and neither can you apparently. <laughs> Um, yeah, if we if we lose and we fall to less than six, yeah, like gonna be an issue with me. Because look at like when Georgia played Alabama, they lost by twenty, something like that. Yeah, and they yeah. fell one spot, two spots, one, one. Like, come on, yeah, nah, nah, fam, that's not how it works. So, but we'll see. We'll see after this week, and we'll 
catch you guys next week on the Irish, Irish Sooner. Um, I hope you got any final thoughts before we head out. Uh, once again, go vote. Exercise your right. Uh, we'll get this out before Election Day. And hopefully you listen to it before Election Day. But go vote. Exercise that right. Absolutely. Do civic duty and help this country out. JP, any final thoughts? Nope, same thing, man. Go vote. Next week we'll be talking about potentially new America. Either way, honestly, we'll have to see what happens. But, yeah, you know, regardless, man, just stay kind, love each other at the end of the day. And, yeah, exercise. And that's right. a lot to ask of some people, buddy. But It, it, it is a lot. But, hey, what we got to do? So, what are we going to do? All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us today. And uh, we're going to actually try to put this up on YouTube, maybe the last episode as well. So go check us out over there. Um, but with that being said. Go Irish. Boomer sooner. <laughs> oh, shoot.